0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Horrible Photographer's Guide. My name is Austin, also known as Lance Sensei, on my social media. Uh, today is a special uh, is a special day. Not sure if you can tell, but I'm in my car driving. Um, and the reason that I'm in my car driving is one, because I have a two-hour commute in, in total every day. And so I might as well take advantage of this. And also because I can't get any of my audio equipment or recording equipment to go, so I have to record directly onto the Anchor app. Thank you, Anchor, for allowing me to do this. Um, so, today I wanted to talk about a couple different things. Uh, the, the number one thing would be um, a question that I had, and the number two thing would be my experience in the Tokyo Coffee Festival. And then the third would be stepping into fears. So, um, the first, I'll address the question, which is from a friend of mine who lives in Japan with me. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I live in uh, northern Japan in a place called Miyagi. And, um, I've been here for nigh-ten years. You now for nearly ten years. And in that time, um... I my Japanese have kind of plateaued I've kind of stopped at a very low point in uh, my English abil- in my Japanese ability and the reason is because really right after I moved to Japan I met my wife within the first six months or so and from there we kind of just spoke in English only and a little Japanese here and there. And since I use English at home and I use English at school, where I teach for my main nine-to-five job, um, I, I kind of don't have an opportunity to grow in my Japanese. Uh, a lot of my a lot of my other teacher friends, they they their Japanese has skyrocketed because of relationships where. They speak only Japanese in their relationship. So, of course, that elevates their Japanese. They learn more. And I just haven't had the um, necessity to grow my Japanese ability. However, that being said, if you are doing a job in a foreign country or in a foreign tongue, you should be able to converse in that tongue. And so when I do photography here in Japan, I haven't really had many Japanese clients. Um, but when I do have Japanese clients, you know, I can, I can communicate in Japanese. However, the reason that I don't use my Japanese very much um, is because it's not very eloquent Japanese. It's very, not low level, but the vocabulary, the vocabulary that I have isn't conducive to making a very eloquent, educated speech. In my opinion. So that's why I don't speak Jap- so much Japanese on my podcast or my videos. Which is something I should probably work on. I understand that. So um, if you guys would like some me to use my Japanese more in my videos. And more in my podcast. Let me know. I will be glad to use Japanese. And show you just how horrible it is. Although that being said. I am... I am uh, continually learning. Uh, one thing I'm focusing on more than anything is vocabulary. I I know the grammar fairly well, but different phrases and different vocabularies I'm very low on. So I'm studying I'm studying the kanji, which uh, leads to being able to read more of the Japanese texts because they're very kanji heavy. So that's something that I'm I'm working on personally and now let's switch focus to something that I'm working on professionally so as many of you who listen to this podcast know I kind of started off my photography is just a hobby it's still kind of, it's still kind of a hobby it's something I'm trying to get better at so I can supplement my income and you know, pay off my house loans and live more comfortably, and build a a nice cushion for my daughter to live on when she gets older, so she won't have to work. Well, she'll have to work hard. I'm not going to give her all that much money, but she'll have something to fall back on if she falls on hard times. That's what that's what I want. Um, so, in order to do that, I've have to I have to I have to practice things that make me scared, and I have to put myself in situations that i normally wouldn't do and one of the situations that i put myself in recently was the tokyo coffee festival so what is the tokyo coffee festival well obviously it's a festival of coffee um it was in the united nations university building which i did not know they had i i didn't realize that that was a thing it was it was a very wonderful wonderful event um, we were in the courtyard and outside in the front um, meeting area outside of the university. There were tents set up everywhere with, uh, with little umbrellas everywhere because it was raining. It was right before a pretty hard typhoon. Um, so they had all the rain gear out and whatnot. I was there, um, I took a night bus from Miyagi where I live out to Tokyo. And then I took the first train, literally at five a.m., all the way to shibuya where the coffee festival was. And I got to watch the coffee festival being set up. I got there before there was anything, and then uh, I actually got to help out a little bit—not not very much. Just you know, they needed some help. I moved just moved some boxes. But uh, there were probably god a good 50, 60 different vendors uh, outside in front of the in front of the university was the food section. So they had um, tents and underneath the tents are all these different vendors. So there was an antique market, um, marketplace. There was Malaysian fruits market. There were all these different food vendors as well as some coffee bean uh, sellers selling just the beans in the food section. And then in the parking lot next door, there were some more food selling more fruits and vegetables and fresh things you can buy. Um, we had, There were a few different sellers from New Zealand, which was interesting. There was a lot of peanut butter that I didn't get a chance to try because they sold out extremely fast before I had a chance to go back. And then behind the food section, when you go into the courtyard of the main university, there's a small little section of, I'd say, probably, what... Oh, probably twenty um, to forty coffee vendors only. They only did coffee, and so when when you went in, you had to line up and you had to buy a cup, a taster cup, and then get taster coins. So that was about sen gochakuin, about 15, 16 bucks in English money, in U.S. dollars. Sorry, English, um, and that would you would get the cup and you would get uh, the taster coin, the taster coins, and that was really interesting. I got to go around and taste all the different things and talk to different people. Um, and there was a live band that apparently had been there many different times from Australia or New Zealand. I don't remember. I wasn't paying attention to them so much. They came and played for about an hour, and then left. And then they just had house music going the rest of the the rest of the time, even though it was raining. Um, you really didn't get hit with the rain because they had large umbrellas everywhere and people had their umbrellas out. And so it was a wet, a wet time, but it wasn't very uncomfortable. Uh, it, was, it was bright out, it was, it was fairly warm, and the coffee and the smell of the roasters and all the food they had out, outside really lent to the atmosphere being warm, welcoming, and friendly. And everyone, everyone was warm, welcoming, and friendly. Uh, when you grow up, they, you know, they will talk to you, ask you where you are. They'll tell you all about the different kinds of coffee. There was drip coffee, siphon coffee. There was inverted siphon coffee. There was boil heater coffee. All these different things. Each vendor had their own particular different style. And it was really interesting to see. Like, for example, there was Okinawan coffee and Kagoshima coffee. And they were very very uh, light but also very bitter and there was also some uh, there was also some coffee from a place called Yakushima and Yakushima it was super super bitter but it also was sweet which is a very interesting very uh, very sour bitter but also sweet smelling and fragrant at the same time which is extremely interesting. And then some of the coffees, they had espresso coffees, which um, were, of course, very dark and very thick and very rich and really um, good to drink. And they also had this one coffee they had been brewing for six hours. They they dripped one drop of water since early in the morning, and it would just slowly filter through, and it was and one trip would come out every minute or so so it took a long time so they had been doing it for a couple days apparently and when I tasted it it smelled like it smelled like a very rich very earthy um, coffee but when I tasted it it literally tasted like um, how can I describe it kind of the, the bean taste was there, but it was more chocolate than bean. It was very interesting. So the whole, the whole um, Tokyo Coffee Festival took about two days. Um, I was there for only one day because um, after the first day, I took the train to my hotel, which is a capsule hotel, which this one was very nice. You had your own lockers, you put your stuff in the lockers, you lay down in your capsule hotel, plug in your cell phone charger. Hook up to the Wi-Fi and upload any photos or talk to people um, or watch YouTube because there was no TV there. So it was a very interesting and wonderful experience. But during the uh, middle of the night, my alarm started buzzing. That I got, I got alerts that you know the typhoon is coming and they shut down the bullet train in the on the southern parts of Japan and they're gonna shut shut these down early in the morning. So. I, I wanted to be safe Because I had work the next day So I decided to just Skip the festival the second day And make my way home And I should have stayed in Tokyo <laughs> Tokyo uh, The second day some of the people changed And the uh, vendors changed And everything else So it was a whole completely different experience And it was Crystal clear weather um, So the, the Typhoon passed right over tokyo area right over the shibuya area and just went straight north so there were no closures i was just a little quick on the draw and went home on the first shinkansen i could find which is regrettable but not much would would have changed between um the first day and the second day minus a couple different vendors which i sh- which um i was looking forward to Some of them, because I had been hearing the day before about this really, really good vendor that does super dark, rich, uh, coffee that tastes very light. And just the way they do their, their espresso and their lattes and everything else, I really wanted to taste it, but unfortunately, I went home. And one other thing I missed out on because I was taking photos the whole time were some of the seminars, which were really sounded interesting. Seminars on the different styles of of doing coffee, like the Aureo Press, the, the uh the drip coffee, the siphon coffees, all and all the different kettles. There was all these different things that they were doing, um, seminars on, which I didn't get a chance to do, which hopefully next year when it comes back for the 11th year, if they do come back, which I hope they do, I'll hopefully uh, have some more time to do that if there's not a typhoon. But going off of that, I think it's pertinent for me to talk about how this experience affected me professionally and personally. So for me, Personally, and, and both professionally, I can speak in front of thousands of people. I can speak in front of a camera. I can speak in front of a of a microphone, my cell phone, anything with no problem. That's it's easy for me to do. But when you put me in a situation where I have to, where I have to go talk to someone on my own without having a business without having a script prepared I freeze I can't do it I can't talk to one person one-on-one about something um, now if I had if I had something for like my camera with me and I say hey hi I'm taking pictures would you allow me to take a picture I can do that or if I have an excuse to talk to them it takes a while but I can go I can go talk to people but just going up to them, it takes a lot of courage for me to do that. And so personally and professionally, this was a very difficult, very difficult situation because when I was there, I had, my, I had my homemade badge and my homemade business cards and my camera out. And it was my job as the future photographer I want to be to go talk to these people So I would take my camera and I would just casually walk by take a picture and unfortunately what I did is I would take a picture and then I would see them look at me and I would just continue to point my camera in the general direction so they think I was taking pictures of something else so they wouldn't talk to me or I would take a picture quick and run away and obviously this is not something that a salesman and entrepreneur should do and it's something that It's something that I need to work on. But this is the reason I went to the Tokyo Coffee Festival is to face my fear, to walk into my fear and to defeat the fear that's inside of me, little by little. And this is something that is applicable to photography, business, anything. Um, If you want to grow as a person, You need to face your fears. You need to walk into your fears. Lean into your fears. Because it's only... Because your fears, your biggest fears, hold your biggest gains. And your fears hold the key to you growing. If you don't face your fears, they will become your obstacles. So I I went to the coffee festival, one, to make professional connections and I did that I was able to go I was able to talk to people give out my business cards to show them my photo book that I made just for that event I was able to make connections now of course my return on investment ROI is in the minus I spent I spent like 200 bucks to get out there and I have nothing to show for it except for new friends and new networks but I think personally that those networks and those people those relationships are the things that are so much more important than just making money because if you have all those people around you then you will always have a support system if you need it and I know personally this is something that I still struggle with because I have I would I guess I would call it a phobia of going to talking to people. So I don't have such a big network. That's why I that's why I need to push myself to go and to go to these events and make friends and make professional connections and get involved online and do all these kind of things. So I can do that. And I think the the same holds for people in any kind of business. Any kind of business. Whether you're a salesman or whether you're a public speaker or something like that, if you're afraid to do something, you need to face it. You need to you need to find a way to take care of your fear. Because those fears are the things that are holding you back. Um, you know, I've read I've read so many books and most recently The Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss, or on his book Timothy Ferriss, and there's so many different um, people who have written, who have written and done interviews with him about facing their own fear and how they were afraid to do something, but they knew that they had to do it, or else they would never get anything done. And now they are the CEOs, they are the top of their brand, they are. I don't know, but they're they're all just leading leaders in their fields. So, if there's one takeaway from this um, that I think would be applicable to anybody in any field, and some kind of value that I can bring to you, I think my advice, the value that I want to bring to you is that same advice that I've gotten so many times in so many self-help books and so many motivational speeches. Fear can either crush you or it can help you grow. Fear is that thing that will either lift you up to your godlike status or keep you down in your human state. And you need to face your fears. You need to, you need to find out what you're afraid of. Find out why you're afraid of it, and then you need to find your why, your reason, the, the thing that you're fighting for. The reason that, like my fears are nothing compared to my why. Like I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of talking to people. Like I could lose my job tomorrow. I know that. I could die. I could. there's different things and they don't scare me as much as going to talk to other people but I know my why the why I have which is which is to build a life where I'm living my dream and to build a life where my daughter will see me living my dream so I can give her a nice little pillow to lay on when times get tough little of money that is um, when I can give her that 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 thing to fall back on if times get hard when she's when she gets older darn it this fear is nothing compared to that and I hope that I hope that you can find your why the thing to help you face your fear the thing that will make you look at your fear and be like what you're nothing compared to this you think you're so tough fear look, Talk to your fear. Be like, "Hey, fear, look. You need to talk to fear. Be like, look, fear. Hey, how you doing? I see you right there. You're trying to be all scary. You got your horns on. You're you're howling at the moon. You're you're trying to be as scary as you can. But look, you're trying to be a dragon. But look, compared to my why, compared to this giant, enormous moon, beaming, beaming at you of a why, this giant." sword shining in my hand that is the why I wield you stand no chance and if you are if you get in the way of me and my goal I suggest you move because you will be knocked down take that fear get it out of your way make it something more make it something that's more productive for you and go out and find your dreams. I hope, I hope that this little speech here can help you go out and find your own dreams and find your why and help you grow as a human. Because you know what? I'm not perfect, not by a long shot. I still have a lot of fears to face, but I am facing my fears little by little. And I am growing and I am getting better and I am going to make my dream come true one way, or another. I will either live to see my dream come true and to see my dream become a reality and live to make sure that my I can see that my daughter has a nice little cushion of money to live off of. If the times get hard when I, when I die, I will either live long enough to see all that come to fruition or I will live or I will die trying and you know what, you know what's really funny? Just going on off on a tangent here. My, 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 the three points I wanted to, to go off of are finished, but just going off on a tangent here. If your life sucks, which we all, all our lives suck at one point or another. I hate my job. You know, people say, I hate my job. I don't like this. Blah, 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 blah. Instead of just sitting there doing nothing about it, get off your butt and do something about it. Your little just sitting there complaining about things will never change your outcome in life. You need to go do something about it. That, that complaining without doing anything about it, that is your fear. Um, that is your fear trying to control you. I completely lost my thought. I had one more important thing I want to say. I know that it will come to me after I turn off the recording on this, but I just... I just can't remember it now and it's going to drive me crazy so maybe if I remember it I'll I'll put it posted on my social media but for now I think that this is where we're going to call it quits the main points of this the main points here of this podcast today stepping into your fears facing your fears is this the three main points one I don't use my Japanese so much in my videos and social me- media because I don't have such eloquent Japanese and if you'd like to hear me use more Japanese in my podcast and everything Zehi, you take it aside tell me, I'll, I'll do my best two if you have a chance next year go to the Tokyo F- Coffee Festival it's a wonderful experience and It's a great way to expand your not only your taste in coffee, but your knowledge about the people around you, especially if you live in Japan. And three, facing your fears is a way to grow, and you need to face your fears if you're ever going to grow as a human being. So if you like this episode, please give it a thumbs up or um, a review on... Which, uh, whatever you're listening to this to, and visit me on any, any of my social media at Lance Sensei, L A N T Z S E N S I, and drop me a line and say hi. I'm always happy to say hi to other people. All right. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Bye.